Hi everyone, this week is a special episode where I share a number of my own personal highlights from this past season of Web3 Innovators. I always really enjoy the conversations I have with my guests, but without revisiting what we spoke about, it's easy to forget about those key moments which really resonated with me during these discussions. I'm sure you'll have plenty of useful takeaways from these highlights, so let's kick them off. This is from my conversation with Ramias Ram, CEO of Finality. Ramias has spent years working within the wholesale financial industry, enabling him to provide some very grounded perspectives on how blockchain can be utilized there. So the question is, how do you get something with central bank credit quality if you're not a central bank, right? And the answer basically was, well, you could open up an account at a central bank and have central bank reserves put into that account. And then you could effectively keep an accounting record on blockchain of who owned the money in that central bank account, you know, recorded. So you'd have like effectively in the UK, they call it an omnibus account. In the US, they call it a joint account. In Europe, it's a technical account. But it's like you had a joint account with your wife, right? Whose money is it? Well, it's kind of both of yours, right? So who records whose money is it? Well, it's like you hired a lawyer to actually write down like, yes, there's a hundred pounds in that joint account, but you know, 50 pounds is Connor's and 50 pounds belongs to his wife. And like, oh, she got and purchased a, a pair of shoes. So now she's only got, well, I'm, I'm talking about a bygone era, but like she, there's only 25 pounds left <laughs> or whatever. So, you know, you, you get the idea. But actually, I think the last, I mean, obviously this has all changed in the last um, seven or eight months, but the last big spike in the crypto space with DeFi, et cetera, and the big push towards Web3 has created, at least from what I perceive, a kind of sense of inevitability about this change coming. The next clip is from my conversation with Steve Newcomb, Chief Product Officer at Matter Labs. Scaling Ethereum is very much so front of mind for Steve, which he describes the challenges of here. Visa doing blockchain and changing their core protocol over to a blockchain protocol to power their credit cards? No way. Something like Visa needs 4,500 transactions per second on a normal day, and maybe something like 65,000 transactions peak load at Christmas. So we are nowhere near Visa right now at 15 transactions per second. So what happens is when we launch layer two, we will be taking Ethereum from 15 to 150. But to build a prover that can handle any arbitrary smart contract, that's the double nutter. Julian Kwan, CEO at Investax, is focused on bridging TradFi with DeFi. In our conversation, he laid down how big a change blockchains are for how companies can be structured. Now, the challenge with DAOs is that they live on Ethereum, right? The jurisdiction essentially is Ethereum, which is global. That's mind-bending for a lot of people to get their heads around, especially the regulators, because there's never ever been a company set up anywhere in the world that wasn't set up in a country because there was no other way to do it. It had to be in Singapore or in America. It had to be somewhere. Now it's not somewhere. It's out there (laughs) on the ETH. And that's really interesting and exciting. I think that'll live forever because that's, that's a component of it. When I spoke with Carlos Vivas Oguia, Director of Innovation and Research at the DTCC, he highlighted some of the challenges they faced with embracing blockchain technology. For me, it doesn't stop at saying, oh, I'm changing, I'm making a better world and enabling financial services for everyone. But when something goes wrong, I'll look the other way. I think as a community, we have an obligation to make it safe for those who do not understand the technology, who do not understand the risks. 
I mean, we're blockchain agnostic. Our goal is that this platform is able to support multiple networks or operate on multiple networks. But we started integrating with the Ethereum mainnet. Philip Sander, head of Frankfurt School Blockchain Center, described how blockchain and related innovations are fundamentally different from what came before. We have to accept that blockchain creates new economic areas which haven't been there and therefore they can't one-to-one -one be compared to existing legacy domains. We have to accept that it's basically new areas opening up, such as the metaverse domain, for example, or such as the DeFi uh, domain. I think we can say that we are now, you know, regarded as an institution, as a think tank, educating people in the field, uh, focusing on all these topics, including Bitcoin, including a couple of crypto assets, projects, also focusing on stable coins, and so on and so forth. When I spoke with Daniel Heyman, CEO of the Palm NFT Studio. He described how NFTs are so much more than just digital art and collectibles. They're extensions of who we are and our individuality. And that's where digital assets are heading to in the digital realm. Like, these are expressions of who we are. They are extensions of who we are. Spotify, Facebook, the entire economy in the last 10 years focused around streaming has done incredible things for access to content. But it's removed that ownership element from the relationship between creator and fan. It's that ownership element that enables the expression of identity. When taking these projects to market, it's usually legal and financial appetite, and risk appetite, the organization. Tyron Lobben, head of blockchain launch and Onyx Digital Assets, has been on the ground since 2016 working on JP Morgan's blockchain initiatives. When we spoke, he described how JP Morgan has approached innovation with this technology over the years. The story is definitely not finished and there's a lot more work to do and uh, clearly more adoption is required. But I think that some of the reasons why we have been successful is through that experimentation. Really get beyond just PowerPoints and, and actually start to get your hands dirty with the technology to see how it can you know, really make a difference or whether it, it's not actually the right tool for the job. And we've been fortunate enough to be able to grow our businesses around some of these key concepts of tokenizing assets, of moving money, of you know gaining insights into data. But those are not necessarily the only places where you can apply blockchain. That you know clearly. It's good, it's good to hear in terms of this this idea of well, yeah, potentially it's time for re reframing it as uh, institutional and business blockchain versus uh, or consumer and things focused on the individuals there. Wei Wu Zhang, CTO of Smart Token Labs, has been thinking deeply about tokenization for many years. His perspectives on quite how ubiquitous tokens will become is fascinating. So one idea is, can token carry privacy data? So for example, if I'm a Reddit user, my token should allow me to get proof that I posted certain Reddit posts to other forums, and all that can prove that I have more than 1,000 karma on other websites. This has not been done. It will be done eventually because people will demand more and more functions from tokens and tokens will be a container that you can encapsulate privacy and proofs as well and people start to see tokens differently because nft kind of demonstrated that tokens can be different things and uh, ever since it became very easy for us to explain the idea behind smart token labs how smart token can reduce market friction and uh, can allow integrated application like web3 without centralized points Lex Sokolin is the chief crypto economist at Consensus and also writes the fintech blueprint. His views always blow my mind. 
when we spoke, one of the highlights was on how speculation can be a good thing. So I think that speculation that generates economic use cases is actually just fine, right? So if you have a gold rush to California and there's actually no gold, but the speculation leads to the creation of the railroads to connect infrastructure in the country, that's super okay. I think that you can draw a line and you can say, is blockchain a cost saver for your company? Or is it a revenue generator? My final conversation this season was with Marcos Alande, CTO of Lackchain and a quantum physicist. This combination of skill sets provided some great insights into the implications of quantum computing for blockchain when I spoke with him. The world is considering the use of blockchain for putting there like very important assets. Like uh, we are talking, as I said before, about bonds, equity, CBDCs, all kinds of securities the verification of all kinds of digital credentials. Like if we are moving in that direction, we cannot just accept that we will figure out being resistant to attacks by quantum computers at some point without knowing when are they going to be ready or without having the solution. We need to start having that conversation now because the solution might not be that easy. My work has been focused on building and maintaining something that is between the two worlds, which is a permission public blockchain. So basically we created this infrastructure that is intended for Latin America and the Caribbean, but everyone can use around the world, that is open to any entity. Any entity can run nodes, can uh, run applications, can participate in the proof of authority consensus protocol. So there you have it. It's been great to speak with so many awesome people during this podcast, and I'm excited about our next season launching soon, which you'll be hearing more about in the coming weeks. Thanks for listening to this episode. I have a quick favor to ask. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe to it. Leave a five-star rating and review it. Even if it's just a few words, we'd love to hear from you, especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. Thanks. Until next time. Thank you.